you hear us talk about Mountain Made CBD. Now let's talk about their product system. Build, which is 50 milligrams of CBD tablets that saturate your system. Next is Boost, which is 10 milligrams of CBD chewables plus electrolytes to help titrate your CBD levels throughout the day. And then there's Recover. It's the end of the day with a 25 milligram CBD chewable plus magnolia to maximize your rest and recovery. That's 105 milligrams of CBD each day at an affordable price. All of the products are THC free and shipped nationwide. With three easy ways to pay, order your CBD today and become a part of the Mountain Made community. Activate your lifestyle today and go like hell. With over 25 athletes, lifestyle enthusiasts, clinicians and physicians backing them, their product lines are continuing to prove themselves as the real deal. You can find more at www.mountainmade.life. Check them out on social media at M-N-T-M-A-D-E, Mountain Made. Welcome back to the Black Biohacker Podcast. Today's guest is Lewis Handworker, hypnotherapist and author of A Voice Which Uses No Words. Hey, Lucas, thank you for joining the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to learn more about hypnotherapy. And I wanted to know what got you into hypnotherapy and conscious living. Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I, I was sort of raised around it. My my parents actually are both healers. My dad's a, a psychologist. My mom's a nutritionist. Uh, my sister is now a social worker. So my whole family is all healers. And my, my parents um, sort of grew up around the the spiritual movement in the 1960s and 70s. So I was just brought up around Hinduism and Buddhism and meditation and yoga and just sort of that whole world. So it was always pretty familiar with to me. And um, I was always interested in kind of exploring other spiritual worlds and interested in helping people as well. So um, just because that was instilled in me at a young age. And it all started for me when I was very, very young and I got into when I was super young, I got into sort of performing on stage and very interested in like in magic and anything that could create a sense of wonder in somebody. And I did that when I was about six years old, I got into magic. And then from that, I, I slowly worked my way into doing more like hypnosis, stage hypnosis. Um, Cause those two worlds are very interconnected and I was using hypnosis on stage with people and exploring what was possible with that. And, and it was the same kind of idea of eliciting wonder. And along the way, I kind of felt that hypnosis was a really, really powerful tool. And I was using it at the time for entertainment primarily. Um, and then when I was about 15 years old, I started studying hypnotherapy and using hypnosis more for healing mm-hmm. to really fully express the, the, the fullest potential of what hypnosis could do. And also from, you know, my background of being raised by healers. So for me, it was, it was sort of a a natural progression, a natural evolution to start studying hypnotherapy. And then at first I just studied it on my own. I read a lot of books and I went out on the street and I hypnotized strangers and, and I experimented. And then when I was 18, uh, I found a really profound mentor and, and teacher and I got licensed as a hypnotherapist, as a hypnotist and got board certified and studied then for the next eight years. Um, so I've been studying hypnosis now for about 11 years, uh, but it started started in those simple, humble beginnings of, of sort of being a stage performer. Wow. 
What is hypnosis? So that's a great question. And the truth of the matter is that hypnosis is not a thing. It's not a noun. So when people ask, what is it? There is no it. Because if you were to see me hypnotizing somebody, there's no object in the room. It's just me and the other person. I actually, I do these, these group events, these group healing events with hypnosis and NLP and, and counseling. And actually now I've been doing them online as well. I've been doing these sort of group sessions online. And the title of these sessions is called You and I. And that's because there is no it. There's only you and I. There's no object of hypnosis. So hypnosis is a process. It's a collection of tools. It's a, it's a process to get us to a state of mind that's very naturally occurring. So hypnosis really in and of itself is actually fairly young. But the practice of eliciting trance and putting someone in that kind of altered state goes back really thousands and thousands and thousands of years goes back to early spiritual ideals of shamanism and meditation of of fire dancing and and ritual magic it's it's a state of being that's extremely old because it's naturally occurring um, we go into trance every day as we fall asleep and as we live our lives so the and the, the process of hypnosis as it's formally known is a process of eliciting that naturally occurring state so the state of being that you go into when you're in trance is is as old as sleep itself it's ancient it's it's because it's a part of our our neurobiology it's part of the way that we function but the process of hypnosis is a little bit more modern and it's a way of bringing someone into that deeper and more true part of who they are where you can really make those changes so how does hypnotherapy work so hypnotherapy is just a fancy word for hypnosis for healing and that's pretty much what it is. Hypnosis for healing is really about bringing somebody to the deeper part of their mind where all of their dreams and their fears and their resources and their blocks live, and then making those changes at that level. Um, the, the model that we operate inside of is that there are two parts of the mind. There's the conscious mind, which is everything that we're actively aware of, which is really only seven plus or minus two items. You know, that's the conscious mind is the part of us that's having this conversation right now. It's the part of the listener that's listening to this conversation right now. It's fairly limited in, in some spiritual traditions. The conscious mind is equated to the ego. It's the sense of self. It's the lowercase I. And it's, it's, again, it's only aware of seven plus or minus things at a time. So it's pretty limited. And most people try and make changes at the conscious level meaning they try to make changes to their life by consciously acting different, consciously um, talking through a problem, or just trying to just change something through that sheer conscious force, which is why it's very difficult for a lot of people to make changes. Um, the other part of the mind, and this is the part that I work primarily inside of, is the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind, it, again, using in these sort of spiritual traditions, is that's the higher self that's the soul that's the spirit and the unconscious mind is everything that's not in the conscious mind which is really everything else if the conscious mind is seven plus or minus two items the unconscious mind is everything else that makes up who we are that's where all of our memories are our untapped resources our fears our dreams our blocks 
our again like our our neuroses all of our problems most people's problems live in their unconscious mind and likewise most people's solutions live in their unconscious mind so that's why when we try to make conscious change it takes a very long time and it's very difficult to do because all of those problems that we're looking to change live in the unconscious mind so it's it's really two separate parts that that don't really interact very often um, one of the examples of the times that they do interact is when we dream and when we sleep and when we go into trance. So my job is to really allow someone to go into trance and to use hypnosis to get someone in touch with their unconscious mind, to get someone in touch with that part of their mind where all of their fears, their untapped resources, their inner blocks to abundance, to good things, really all of who they are lives in that unconscious part. So when you do hypnosis for healing, you're, you're using hypnosis to bring someone to that part of their mind where all of those deep challenges live and then making changes at that unconscious level so people can see really profound shifts in their life, not in months or years, but in weeks often. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you look at someone trying to make conscious change in their life, say someone, say someone has a, a, a pattern of negative thinking, which a lot of people do, or if someone has anxiety, they could be journaling and talking it out and just trying to understand what the problem is and change it at a conscious level. And if they were to do that, okay, yeah, maybe they could make change in a year or two years, which is sort of the model that most people operate under. The change takes a long time that it's hard to do. But if they were to go to the unconscious level to address their negative thinking or their anxiety, they could make changes in two months, not two years. Mm-hmm. And when I work with when I work with clients, you know, people make lifelong, like real transformation in about two months, roughly. Um, probably about six to eight weeks is around the range that people start to see real big shifts. And these are like shifts in things like body image, anxiety, thought processes that cause negativity, shifting, things like that, or even people who have addict- addictions or or, you know, who are dependent on drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes or who have trauma from the past. So people can really work through these things very quickly when, when things are addressed at that unconscious level, which is, which is really the, the level that I only work at, is at the unconscious level. Hmm. So earlier you said um, the trance as we live our lives. So are some of us, are we in a trance while we're living? What do you mean? What, what did you mean by that? Yeah, that's another great question. Well, trance itself is naturally occurring. So we go into trance almost every day. Some common experiences of going into trance are if you're driving to work in the morning and it's a place you've driven a hundred times and on the drive, you just kind of zone out. And the next thing you know, you've arrived and you have no memory of driving there. Have you ever had that experience? <laughs> yes. I'm like, how did I get here? Exactly. And, and somehow you stop at all the red lights, you stop at all the stop signs, you arrive safely. So that's an experience of trance. Your conscious mind went off someplace else and your unconscious mind drove you to work safely and got you to the right place, followed all the traffic laws, did so safely. Your unconscious mind probably even drove better than your conscious mind would have. Probably went the speed limit, um, used your blinker, all that good stuff. Wow. So 
that's a common experience of trance that happens every day. Or even if you're watching TV or watching a movie and you kind of zone out, that's trance. As we fall asleep, actually, we go from the waking state to light trance to a kind of daydreaming state. And daydreaming in and of itself is a kind of trance. And then from that, we go into a trance state. And then from the trance state, we fall asleep. So consciousness is, is a fluid thing. It's not an on or an off switch. So we're always moving in and out of different frames of consciousness throughout the day. Um, even, for instance, if someone plays music, when they, when they really get lost in, in playing an, an instrument, they're going into trance. Uh, if someone's a, a writer, uh, the experience of, you know, they call it flow state. Flow state is a kind of trance. Um, so this is something that we go in and out of every day. And even if you don't do any of those activities, just the act of falling asleep, you go into trance before you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So it's naturally occurring. And, and because it's naturally occurring, it's kind of hard to pinpoint how long it's been around. So I say it's as old as sleep itself, because as long as we've been falling asleep, we've been going into trance. Um, we even really understand the way we go into trance through the way that our brain waves shift as we change levels of consciousness. Another thing that you said that maybe people who don't know much about hypnosis or hypnotherapy, you said, or just energy healing itself, you said blocks. What is a block? What does that mean? Yeah, so if you think of yourself as traveling down a path in your life, and along the path you you know what direction you want to go into, you know what dreams you have, you know what kind of relationship you want to have, you know you want to be happy. On that path, sometimes there are speed bumps, there are, there's quicksands, there's brick walls, there's, there's brush, there's thorns, there's lions, there's all kinds of blocks on the path. And those things can come in the form of self-sabotage or anxiety or beliefs that you've held for a long time. And these limiting beliefs can come from previous relationships, from parents often, from family, from what kind of situation you grew up in. These can even happen based on the people that you're around. Good are people around you instilling limiting beliefs, you know, that you see this all the time and you hear this all the time when people say things like, no, I just can't do that. I just can't. Or they say, that's not me. I'm not the kind of person who could do this sort of thing. Or I just can't catch a break. I'm just so unlucky. The universe is working against me. You know, those are all limiting beliefs. And those are all things that create blocks. Anxiety in and of itself is a block because that can stop someone from doing something. If someone has a low self-esteem, that's a block. Anything that keeps you from doing what you want to do or living the life that you want to live is a block. Anxiety is certainly a block for a lot of people to, to be their, their best selves or to live a life that feels joyful and happy because they have this kind of constant uh, nagging feeling that's very negative for them. So, so yeah, I'd say anything that, that stops you from doing what you want to do or being who you want to be or having what you want to have is a block. Are there different so, types of hypnotherapy? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's different models of, of operating within hypnosis. There's different schools of thought in hypnosis. The thing is, because hypnosis is, hypnosis is such an interesting field because it's something that we don't really fully understand yet. Um, in the same way that we don't really fully understand the human mind at this point, we're still exploring it and there's still a lot of research to be done. But because hypnosis is still is still really being explored and a lot of the experts in the field don't even agree on what hypnosis is. So some people say it's it's role playing. Some people say it's 
it's very related to meditation. Some people don't even believe that hypnosis is a real thing. Because of that, there's a lot of different schools of thought and there's a lot of different ways that people use hypnosis. I myself, I follow a much more generative model. So I'm not interested in just removing someone's problem and sending them on their way. I work with my clients in a more long-term way. I help clients reach short and long-term goals. I help clients transform their lives, not just quit smoking or lose weight. Um, to me, that's a kind of a short-sighted uh, approach. And the thing is, when you put someone in trance, you're bringing them into the deepest and, and most resourceful part of their mind and themselves. And a lot of the time when you put someone in trance, different blocks will come up, things that they didn't even know that they had sometimes. And I see that as a great opportunity to really dive in and work on other areas and, and help someone really become the, the, the most full and healed person that they could possibly be. Hmm. Is a self-induced hypnotic trance the same as a trance that was administered? Yeah, absolutely. It's the same state. Even if you go into a very, very deep meditation, that's very similar to the space of, of hypnotic trance. Self-hypnosis does work very well. The only thing is with meditation, for instance, unless you are an extremely high-level practitioner and you're very adept at, at meditating, it can be difficult to get to the same level of depth. But the beauty of hypnosis and the beauty of being hypnotized or being guided into hypnosis by someone else is twofold. Number one, you'll be able to go probably a hundred times deeper than you would be on your own at first. And, um, and that includes even in meditation. With meditation, you need a lot of practice to go very deeply. Um, and, and, and even then, it's not a hundred percent of the time, you know, thoughts come up or you have an off day, or you can't go as deep sometimes as other times. And But with hypnosis, you go very, very deeply, very reliably, and you don't have to have any experience to go very deeply. So you can go to extremely, extremely deep levels of trance mm -hmm. um, without any experience at all. The second benefit of working with a hypnotist or working with a hypnotherapist um, is that when you get into that space, the practitioner is going to be able to use that space productively. Mm -hmm. It's not enough just to have someone go into trance. The, the space of trance is, is a very powerful place where you can really make a lot of changes, but those changes have to be made well. And you have to know how to utilize that space. And that's what a good hypnotist will be able to do. Um, is really use that space to its fullest extent. So if someone has a fear or an anxiety of letting go, can they still be hypnotized? Yeah, absolutely. Part of the job of the hypnotist is to get the person comfortable with the process. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of trepidation about hypnosis, and that's largely because of how hypnosis has been displayed in, in our culture. Hypnosis has a very bad public image for the most part. Oh, does people it? Think uh, yeah, I mean, people think about the swinging pocket watch. Oh, they yeah. think about they think about Dracula, who hypnotizes young women to suck their blood. Uh, the most one of the more recent uh, one of the more recent examples would be the movie Get Out. And when people hear the word hypnosis, they think of mind control and they think of all these things. And that's just the public image. So mm -hmm. some people can be a little nervous to let go, but the space of trance feels just extremely good. It feels like you're very relaxed and you're very focused. And it's not that you ever lose control 
because when you're in trance, you can just open your eyes anytime you want and just and just exit that space. So it's not that you lose control and you you fall down into the sunken place and all this stuff. That's just all of those depictions of hypnosis in our culture are by people who don't understand what hypnosis is and have probably never even experienced it. They're just doing it because why not? I don't know why. I think to me, it's just kind of lazy, honestly. But the, the fact is hypnosis is a very natural and comfortable and peaceful space to be in. And most of my clients see our sessions as like a day at the spa. They come out of trance. They feel fantastic. They feel refreshed. Mm-hmm. And they feel rested and they just feel good. And then they notice in the next week or so all these changes in their life. They notice their anxiety is gone. They notice, they notice they're sleeping better. They notice they're, they're, they're not smoking anymore. They're, I was working with someone who had uh, obsessive tendencies. And he just noticed that all of these obsessive tendencies just went away. And he was like, is this normal for, for the, all of these things to just vanish in, in a week or two? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you can't underestimate the power of this work. Wow. Are you doing hypnotherapy virtually right now? Or is it best to be practiced in person? And how long are the sessions? Yeah, so a session's an hour long. I do also offer 30-minute sessions, just depending on need and, and someone's, uh, someone's financial position. And I have only ever worked remotely actually i i only do remote sessions i find it actually a lot more effective than in-person sessions because my clients are able to have some time before our sessions they don't have to sit in traffic and and get some an ugly office and sit in a fluorescent waiting room and then sit in the room and the chair is not there to their liking and the temperature is not good and all this stuff and then they have to have this very deep work done and then they have to sit in traffic again on their way home and it it's just unpleasant for everybody and so I, I found that the remote work actually works a lot better so i only work remotely and my clients have time before our sessions to make a cup of tea and they put in their headphones and they lie down in their bed and they just kind of forget that i'm there and they do very very deep work and then after the session they're they're in their home they're in their bedroom they're in their living room they're on their sofa and they can journal they can decompress and digest what we've done and, and i find that the the, the effects are a lot more powerful. What will I remember, if anything, after hypnosis? That is a very personal thing. That really depends on the person. Some people I work with don't remember anything at all that I that I said. Other people remember remember every single word. And either way, it doesn't really matter too much. But I can tell you that it's usually more powerful and it's often better if you don't have any conscious awareness of what we're doing, because that means that what we do happens at the unconscious level. So your conscious mind is not going to interfere. So it's really like very much like that experience of driving to work and zoning out. The only difference is you will be lying down with your eyes closed. Your conscious mind will probably just be someplace else. It'll be wandering. It'll be thinking about things. It'll, remember a 4th of July you had five years ago or something and your unconscious mind will be right front and center and it will be listening to the the stories and the metaphors that we use to give your unconscious mind new strategies and new beliefs and new ways of understanding and living. So is the client talking while this is going like repeating words or mantras? No uh, it's it's Typically, the structure of my sessions, and, and this is just because of my background, is, is a little bit different. I'm not solely a hypnotist. I also practice NLP, and I'm a spiritual counselor. Mm-hmm. So 
I spend the first 30 minutes of our sessions understanding where they are and where they want to be. And that involves me understanding what inner processes they're going through, what's creating these issues and how they are actively creating the blocks themselves. So the first half hour is really information gathering. And that's really where a lot of the strategies are developed. That's where we understand, okay, this is where you are. This is where you want to be. This is what's stopping you from getting there. And this is the new path to take. Then usually the second half of the session is the hypnotic process. And that process is very much a process of the client sitting, relaxing, closing their eyes and just listening. And usually in that process, I tell stories, I use metaphors, and it's almost just like sitting and hearing someone talk to you. And then you get very relaxed, you go into trance very naturally. And then at the end of the session, I slowly bring them out of trance back to the waking state. They open their eyes, we kind of, we kind of debrief a little bit, and then we, we go from there. Um, but the, the, st- the state of trance really is, I don't know if you've ever had this experience of maybe being around a, a grandparent or even a parent, and they start telling you a story. Mm-hmm. and you just kind of zone out a little bit. It's like story time. And we had this experience in kindergarten, even when our teacher opened up a storybook and read it to us, and we would kind of lose ourselves in the story. Mm-hmm. And it's a very similar experience. It really is. And it's a very ancient process. It used to be done in prehistoric uh, prehistoric tribes where they would have a shaman gather everyone around and put people in an altered state and tell them stories about fables about the world and these stories would have teaching elements to them. So what are the benefits and conditions that hypnotherapy can treat? I can just tell you what I've personally seen from the clients that I've worked with. Okay. Everyone's very different. And it's just very important to note that I'm not a mental health practitioner. I'm not a therapist. I'm not here to diagnose or treat anyone's mental illness. I'm here to create mental wellness. And it's a very, very different model. I don't work in the diagnostic model at all. So I'm not here to give someone a label of what's wrong with them and then just help them cope with that problem their whole life. I'm here to help people get out of those stuck states and get into a place where they can really enjoy their life. And and a lot of my clients get to a point where they're kind of almost shocked that a problem that they had is just gone. And they are literally like, I can't even, they're like, I don't even understand this. This is just so weird. It's like, it's good weird. I I get the it's good weird response a lot Mm -hmm. of people who have had an anxiety for 20 years and now it's just gone. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of weird that this isn't here, but it's great. So some of the things I can tell you I've worked on with people are things like generalized anxiety, unconscious anxiety, helping people change limiting behaviors or, or habits. So I help people overcome and remove habits of binge eating. I help people quit smoking. I help people quit drinking if they want. I help people really change any part of their life that they're not satisfied with. And this could be everything from alleviating trauma. I'm working now with several clients who have had very traumatic experiences in the past, whether it be like toxic relationships or or they were service members, you know, whoever it is, however the trauma is affecting them. So you can diminish past experiences. Uh, I've worked recently a lot of people who have money blocks. So people who have an inner block to abundance. So that means they either spend all the money that they earn right away or they just have a hard time earning the money. I help people improve their self-esteem, their self-confidence. I help people improve body image. I help people remove 
negative inner voices and change those inner voices to be more positive. I've worked with people who just have physical problems, headaches, things like that. You can, you can manage chronic pain with hypnosis. So there's really a, a, a lot of things that you can address. I would say that my specialties have become addressing trauma, addressing unconscious anxiety, meaning when someone just feels anxious and they don't know why. Uh, and the, the third thing that I work with a lot of people on is money blocks, abundance blocks. So those are the three primary things. But really, when I start working with a client, we find out what their short-term goals are mm-hmm. and what their long-term goals are. And these could be behavior changes. This could be issues they have with their parents. This could be a limiting belief from the sixth grade. This could be starting their own business. Anything they want to get to. Uh, I always say I help people get over things, get through things, and get to things. Mm, I like that. So, yeah, so any of the above. How is hypnotherapy different from traditional healing methods? Well, I would say hypnosis is incredibly flexible. With a lot of a lot of different healing modalities, you express what the issue is, and then the healer will apply the solution. And that won't change depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. They'll put the needles on the same points depending on the problem. They'll, they'll have a course of treatment depending on the issue. Um, again, this isn't therapy, so it's very different because mm-hmm. it's, it's a different model of understanding. It's really apples and oranges. But in, in most therapy, again, but this isn't really a replacement for therapy by any means, but in most therapy, there is a, a diagnosis that's involved, and then there's a, a treatment plan for that diagnosis. So. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your life experience is. When you go in, you are assigned a diagnosis. That diagnosis comes with a certain course of treatment. And that's, you know, that's the Western model. That's the medical model as well. And that's for most healing modalities. But the beauty of hypnosis, especially at least the way that I practice it, I can't speak for other practitioners. The way that I practice hypnosis is very, very flexible. So that means that I work with exactly the person who's in front of me. I don't say, okay, yeah, this person wants to quit smoking just how this last person did, so I'll do the same stuff for them. That's not the case often because everybody is very different. Everybody has very unique experiences. They have unique upbringings. They have unique values. They have unique resources. And I try to use everything that they bring me to help them make those changes. So I'd say one of the big ways that that the way that I practice hypnosis anyway is different than a lot of other healing modalities is that I practice in a way that really takes into account the person that I'm working with and is very customized to them. Even the metaphors and the stories that I tell are customized to them. There's no scripts. There's no course of treatment that's the same for everyone. It's, It's always very unique to the person. Tell us about what made you write your book, A Voice Which Uses No Words. And I understand that this book just came out at the end of last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, for me, I've always been a writer. I'm working on another book right now, actually. And I'm always putting out new projects and and writing. And that's just the way that I express what I do to people and, and also how I... I can reach more people and help more people. Mm-hmm. My, my book that I wrote is was really an exploration in intuition because I, I find that in my work, intuition is really a huge factor. And I use intuition and I help my clients use their own intuition to get guidance and clarity in their lives. Mm-hmm. And intuition, unfortunately, has been something that's, it's very abstract for people. And when they think of intuition, they think of, 
psychics or they think of a woman's intuition or gut feelings and all this sort of stuff. There's a lot of different ideas surrounding it. But intuition is something that every single person has. And what intuition is fundamentally is it's our unconscious minds communicating to us. Intuition is unconscious knowing. So when I put someone into trance and they access their unconscious mind, all of the information, all of the wisdom at that level is intuition. And if you ever have the experience in your waking life where you have a gut feeling, you just have a sense of something, you just have an intuition about something, that's your unconscious mind speaking to you. So this book was really about me exploring as a means for creating clarity in people's lives. And, and that means me using my intuition to help other people, me guiding other people to use their own intuitions. And in the book, I also explore ancient means of using intuition for healing and, and exploring shamanism, exploring intuition as it exists today, exploring intuitive readings as they are today, exploring the whole idea of what astrology is or what tarot cards are or what numerology is and exploring these ideas as channels for unconscious knowing and not as some occult experimental esoteric thing that you either believe or you don't but something that everybody has access to and everybody can use to to find guidance in their lives where can people find this book um, the book can be found through my website which is lucashandworker.com that's mm -hmm. l-u-c-a-s H-A-N-D-W-E-R-K-E-R.com. Um, that's where they can find all my information and, and information about working with me as a client as well. And my book can be found through there. Um, it's also available on Amazon. I, Like I said, I work with remotely. So I work with clients from Lebanon to Los Angeles, from uh, Canada to Panama. So I work with clients all over the world because I work remotely. So Anybody who resonates with anything that I'm saying or my particular approach uh, should definitely reach out to me and I offer free consultations basically to see if it's a good fit. I don't take every client that comes to me because it's important to me that it's a good fit in terms of our perspectives and our goals. And I, again, I want to make sure that I only take clients that I know for a fact that I can help. Okay. So anybody who's interested in that, like through my website, I do offer free consultation calls, 30-minute calls again, to assess their goals, to see if it's a good fit. Um, but because I work with remotely, I really work with clients all over the world. Um, some people would probably rather work in person. But again, in my experience, the, the remote work is actually more effective in a lot of ways. Well, Lucas, thank you so much. This whole topic is so fascinating to me. And I'm learning a lot about it uh, through you and through other readings that I've been doing. And I thank you for, for being a guide into uh, hypnosis. Yeah, my pleasure, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You said people can find you at lucashandworker.com. Uh, also, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, the best way for social media for people to find me and follow me is uh, on Instagram. And it's just my full name, which is L-U-C-A-S-H-A-N-D-W-E-R-K-E-R. -E -E so it's just at my name there. And I'm on Instagram and I post very frequently. And uh, I also post lots of updates about new writing projects and group sessions and live events and things like that. So if anybody's interested, it's the best place to, to keep up to date on everything. And you guys, don't forget to check out Lucas's book, A Voice Which Uses No Words. You can find that on his website at lucashandworker.com or you can find it on Amazon. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Black Biohacker Podcast. Remember that your vibe is always going to attract your tribe. 
Until next time, signing out.